All right. Welcome to Dialogues on Applied Channel Theory. I'm Jason Robertson sitting here in Seattle. And Jonathan Chang is in Beijing, uh, just waking up. His brain is beginning to spring to life here. And I'm uh, going to be interviewing him about an interesting case he had recently, and also some cases Dr. Wong had that reminded him of it. So uh, good morning to you in Beijing, Jonathan. Hi, Jason. And it's your afternoon in Seattle? It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, just in the afternoon on the shortest day of the year here in 2021 as we interview each other. Are you going to um, have uh, dumplings today? I will probably have some sort of uh, yeah, uh, game-related snack here in Seattle. My son is obsessed with football. I'll be watching okay. a football game. So, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, uh, but good idea to have some dumplings, yes. So that's what we had um, in Beijing yesterday for dinner. For the uh, solstice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, well, uh, glad you're here and waking up. Here we go. So <laughs> you were telling me, um, you were telling kind of all of us in our kind of apprentice dialogue uh, group here on uh, you know, a text thread about a cool case you had uh, that really reminded you of a series of cases Dr. Wong described to us as well. So the, the, I'll say one thing about the, the treatment, and then you can kind of take it from there. But it's this interesting concept of taking extraordinary vessel point pairs, the ones that are, you know, that we know from Bill Hunching and the Mean Dynasty, the ones we all learn in school, small intestine three, UB62, and you know, lung seven, kidney six, and these point pairs of the extraordinary vessels. And Dr. Wong pointed out that you don't have to be wedded to combining them in the ways we always learn, but you can kind of pull those apart. And he had this idea of using lung seven and small intestine three as a Ren and do vessel command point pair. And uh, he told us some cases, but I guess maybe begin with um, Dr. Wong's case, the one that you kind of think about, and then we'll go on to your case. Yeah, so Dr. Wong said that, um just a long time ago, back in the, I think it was like the 1980s or so, it was very popular. I think there's a researchers and popularity in learning uh, Qigong in, in China. So then there are a lot of different like teachers, I guess, popping up throughout the country teaching Qigong. So um, at one point during Dr. Wang's, uh, while he was practicing, he had some patients who would come to get treatments because they had um, symptoms as a result of improper Qigong practice. So like physical symptoms, like they might have body pain or like might have like chest pain, but it's due to they're not weren't breathing properly, right? So then the, the chi was getting stuck somewhere or is it, it was just, or it created some kind of chaos in the body, like of the and, chi. And this is an old idea in Qigong practice that these types of injuries can happen and have been, yes. you know, described all over the place. Yeah, I think and commonly they say like when you do, when there's improper qigong practice, like pro improper breathing technique, it can lead to what in Chinese they say, like you just kind of go mm -hmm. insane in a way. Yeah, um, the um, fire, of like, warm, like wandering fire mm -hmm. kind of idea. So then, um, so Dr. Wan encountered some of these kind of uh, patients at that time. And for the first patient that he encountered with us, he, when the patient described how they developed this, this disorder, he... At first, he thought for a bit, like, how do I, I treat this? Like, how, because it's not due to just normal pain, right? Like, oh, I just bumped into something or I fell off something and injured my, my knee, or like, you know, I have like anxiety like symptoms due to um, like work related stress or something like that. It was due to just they were not we're breathing properly. So then he said, what do they do in Qigong practices? They're trying to, um, like, they're trying to connect the Rin and do vessels. 
so then he said then how do i regulate this issue if they're if like the renegade vessels are not con connecting you were saying talking about like the micro what's it called the i think i've heard it called also in english the microcosmic orbit kind of yeah. linking that up between the yeah. ren and the dude so when that's not like happening great when, circuit as you said yeah when there's like um uh i guess disharmony between those those the ren and do then dr i thought how do i connect those uh, we're going to do vessels. So then he just suddenly just th thought about the uh, extraordinary vessels that the how uh, lung seven connects to the RIN vessel and small intestine three connects to the do vessel. So he said, I'll just try these two points and see what happens uh, to regulate the RIN and do. And, and in the way it, he needled it, he needled those bilaterally, did he not? Yes, he would probably, he would have used them bilaterally in this case, because it's more of like treating an internal issue. So he used it bilaterally. Um, and the patient got better. Like, and then you know, other people in that patient's qigong class also started to go to see Dr. Wang too, because they also developed, um, you know, this these kind of irregular symptoms due to improper qigong practice. At this point, you probably begin to wonder a little bit about the teacher with so many students going south in their meditation practice. Right. So then finally, what happens is the teacher also went to see Dr. Wang. Right. And the teacher said, you know, like I have these patients, uh, students, they have these issues, and then I've, you know, I've. I've tried to different, you know, I guess Qigong has methods to try to regulate that. He said it wasn't working. And I think this teacher also developed some issues too. So he, um, anyway, Dr. introduced him too. And with the same two points, lung seven and uh, small testing three and got better too. Now, before we, you know, go on to your case in a moment, do you remember specifically some of the symptoms those patients were describing? I, I thought that there was like this severe tightness in the back of the neck with like yeah. headache. Yeah, they was, would have that was uh, part of what Dr. Wong said, right? They would have symptoms like uh, lightheadedness, pressure and fullness in the chest, uh, low back pain, and kind of like a feeling of heaviness in the low back. Okay. So we say it leads to some kind of blockage of the chi dynamic. So uh, this kind of improper chi qigong practice. And from this thinking, I guess that that type of blockage, of course, could come in the upper or lower aspect of the ren and do vessels. Like where are they connecting is an interesting question. Probably in the lower burner. Probably. I don't know. The doctor didn't say it in specifically where, but right. You know, I would right. just consider where you know where the ren and do vessels, like where those pathways are, possibly. Like like he was saying, the chest, you know, the head, the, the back, a little yeah. back. Um, <clears throat> So anyway, uh, yeah, that was Dr. Wang's case. So he always talked about the, this point pair, but I saw him use it once in Beijing with a patient at the Hubei uh, Hospital, who's also a patient who um, developed these symptoms of uh, uh, like physical symptoms due to improper Tai Chi practice, actually. So this patient actually had um, started learning Tai Chi online, like as he's just watching videos. And then I guess within that online video, there's like, they had to do some breathing techniques. So he started doing that like 40 minutes a day or an hour a day. And then suppose according to what his, his family members were saying that originally he was very, out, very outgoing guy, very happy outgoing guy. Then suddenly after doing this practice, he became very introverted, didn't talk, was like really depressed. He started getting this pain in his like hips, pain in his like uh, chest. And then I, this is the only time I think I saw Dr. use lung seven small intestine pain that I recall. And then he used it for this patient. Because um, I think he, at the same time, he also thought it was due to like this Qigong practice um, that led to improper, that it kind of disrupted, you know, the Qi dynamic of the Rinidu vessels, like the, and led to this kind of stagnation in different parts of his body.
Right. And then I guess another thing we probably cannot leave off the table as we talk about this a bit is the way that Dr. Wong located lung seven. Small intestine three would be very familiar to any listeners here, but lung seven, you know, you had a different way of locating this point. What would be a way you could describe that that listeners without you having to show them could understand? Well, I guess, you know, like uh, if we look at the textbook or general or textbook location of uh, lung seven is that it, it's the way that how they kind of the lung channel pathway that according to the textbook location, it kind of diverges onto the uh, Han Yaming channel, right? Right. Um, so that's generally where, uh, you know, we everyone locates lung seven. But Dr. Wong, once he started developing um, or started using channel palpation, so he used to palpate that area from like, if you start from lung nine and you go up to lung eight, he would just keep on going straight up the- um, Along the, the medial border of the radius there. Right, he right? wouldn't branch yeah. off to the uh, uh, large intestine channel, right? He would just keep on going straight up, like a straight line going up towards lung five uh, without diverging off to the Hanyaming channel. And he started recognizing, realizing there were a lot of changes in that area above the wrist, like around like one to two swim above the wrist, he would find changes there, like nodules or lumps and changes like that. And so we started using that area for treatment and started getting really good results. So at first he didn't know what it was, like he thought it was just an extra point. And then over time, because he started getting really good results and like, um, it seems like the illnesses that that area could treat were related very similar to illnesses that lung seven was indicated to treat in the classics. So we started calling that point actually lung seven. Um, and so for those listening, I mean, at least my experience often is as you're rolling your thumb along the kind of medial border of the radius there up above lung eight, you just, like you said, just keep going straight. You start to feel kind of a variety of things as small nodules or sometimes almost like little uh, kind of thickenings attached to the bone there. And in the, in the people who have this kind of, so it's, it feels like an excess, some sort of stagnation in the pathway. When you feel this, what I find often is then the place where you end up needling ends up being more proximal than we would think. It can be two tone up on some people, or maybe yeah. even a little higher if it's very congested. So right. it's kind of a floater point. Is that how you've been using right. it as well? I would say that, yeah, I would say generally it's located one and a half to two twin above the wrist. Um, so some people, they're like, when you needle, it seems like it's on the same level as like PC6, right? Um, right. I think it's mainly due, like the way Dr. Wan do it, like if we talk in more detail, like you palpate up and then there's the stylic process of the uh, radial bone, right? So when you're going up from lung nine, as you go up the channel, it's kind of, it feels like as you go over the stylic process, it feels like you're going down a ramp, right? Like you start to, it goes downwards and then the bone starts to flatten out. As you go to the end of the ramp, it starts to flatten out. And then you just keep on palpating until you feel like there's like a little, Dr. Owen say a little notch in the bone, a little cleft, or some people have like a depression there. And that's generally where lung seven is. And this is a cleft you're feeling in the radius itself yes, as you're yes, going yes. up around one and a half to two or even a little higher, two tsun. But that's what you're, so you're using the uh, the idea of a gujia, bony kind of separation to find that point right. in particular, right? Yeah. But when needling, you don't have to needle to, into that, like, like right into the bone, like to the bone. Like you don't have to feel like you're touching that uh, notch with the, the needle head, uh, the head of the needle um, or point of the needle. You just so have you to normally needle, needle that, towards it, yeah perpendicular kind of if the arm was totally flat yeah 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 it's still needling perpendicular so some people like because that area can be very like like they don't have much there they just have skin and like maybe a little tendon and then bone like it's not much depth to it so it can be very superficial but some people have really yeah. thick wrists right so you sometimes you do needle 
it could be a little bit deeper for some people. And I've also found that that location, you have to also be more careful. It's it's easier sometimes to get an uncomfortable, nervy sensation there. If you notice okay. that as well, sometimes needling it there. Um, not or maybe yeah, yeah. Okay, but I don't know. Maybe it depends. Like I, I would say this point. Um, yeah, I. Not yet. I think. Well, at least people haven't described that to me. <laughs> so maybe they did. Yeah. Feel like no recent. Or can you? I mean, maybe another way to ask is like situations where you're kneeling in this location where you found you didn't like the location and need to redo it. Are there are there things that you've noticed about needling this kind of different location that like pitfalls you've fallen into that you can think of? And the answer may be no, not right now. Um, I would say not yet, but the main thing is that if I don't get, I do like what doctor wanted to do. If I'm not getting the right traveling sensation, I'm getting no sensation that I just pull up the needle, repalpate, and then find the right location. What seems like the right location, then try it. And then usually when and I do that, then you can re, you realize that you're a little bit off by maybe one, one millimeter, or two millimeters or something like that. And that sensation you're looking for is a bit of a radiating kind of right down the UG, the lung 10 zone into the yes, palm, yes. into the thumb, right? Right through yes. there. The phenar eminence is where it kind of radiates. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So sorry that that was an important divergence, though, for people <laughs> listening, because it is very important. We're definitely yeah. talking about a different kind of location of an important point in this discussion. Yeah. All right. So on you go to your own case, maybe. Okay. So this, uh, yeah. So I had this patient who came in and he, uh, had the symptoms of like uh, anxiety um, for a couple weeks. So r- roughly how old, male, we're talking about a guy, male. Yeah, right? he's in his uh, mid-30s. Okay. And um, so basically when he, he started to tell me how this this anxiety started, because generally he said he was, he was perfectly fine. He was perfectly normal, emotionally um, then he started listening to some kinds of, I guess, podcasts on that, I guess, talked about different kinds of meditation techniques. And then one day he was listening to one and then it just suddenly it, something happened and like it released something in his body where he suddenly had, it felt like the way he described it, like this kind of, he said this energy was moving throughout his body, like in crazy directions, like it was going up to his head, down to his back, down to his chest. And like, it just felt like the the way he's describing this energy, which I guess we would call like chi, right? Was moving yeah. around his body in just random directions. Like it was just caused this kind of chaos within his body. But the way he described where it was traveling, like the pathways was pretty much along the rinage and vessels. So kind of midline was, symptoms, not like yeah. into the arms and legs as much. No, no, no. And then he started to have like um, anxiety, feelings of anxiety. Um, he had less sweating, uh, poor appetite. And then he had like pressure in the chest, um, insomnia. It developed into insomnia and hmm. he couldn't sleep for uh 30 hours so these really oh intense God. symptoms lasted for about 30 hours then over time like just like he, he just slowly like just on his own it just naturally kind of got better for over the past five days but so when i saw him he had a lot of symptoms of he had a uh, pain in the chest um he had difficulty falling asleep but he had other emotional symptoms like anxiety sorrow like a, a lot of fear um and he also had that plump pit sheet like something was felt like it was stuck in his, his throat how did he um, describe that because you know like not everyone knows the term plump pit sheet what did he i because i've been working with patients asking yeah. about that question too yeah he just what did said he, that, say? he said he, just, he, he didn't imagine he's like oh it feels like there's like there's something stuck in my throat and it, it's just there all the time and 
You can't uh, swallow nothing, it down. Yeah, I can't swallow it down. It's not, it's just, it's just there, but I know there's nothing in there actually, but it just feels like something is there. Um, right. So that's when I was like, he's probably re referring to plumpet chi. Yeah. Um, so those were his main symptoms when he, when I saw him. And it, it turns out like, as we were talking, this is over, you know, um, just the course of the treatment. He was just matching like due to the, the work he was involved with, he had a lot of, uh, just, I think a lot of emotional trauma that he had kind of repressed. And then somehow this meditation thing just released that. It just kind of something that was probably stuck in his like subconscious or something that was just suddenly just released. And yeah. so he said he'd never felt these like symptoms before, like on the surface before, like fear, sorrow, anxiety. So it was all new to him. He was just, he was just freaked out. He was actually, he was, he was totally uh, terrified of what he was experiencing. Yeah. But then due to his symptoms, I thought, oh, like, this sounds kind of like Dr. Wong's like Qigong cases. Injury. <laughs> but injuries. Yeah. So then I said, so immediately I thought about using uh, lung seven and small intestine three. Um, I did channel palpation too. And he had changed a lot of channel changes, like on the, especially on the Jirin channels, actually, uh, the Taiyin. Uh, the Yaming Taiyang Foot Shaoyang, they all had changes on them. So lots of changes. And yeah, yeah so yeah. one of those situations where there's so much information in the palpation, yeah. it's hard to make a decision on that alone. Yeah. yeah. In my mind, I already was thinking that, you know, it seemed like it was like a disharmony to the like external vessels to the Rin and Du. Um, due to that, like this, whatever that improper Qigong, it wasn't Qigong, but whatever the meditation he was doing, it just it was affecting mainly the Rin and Du. So I focused on lung seven and small intestine three as the chief points. And then because he had a uh, plumpet chi, um, so I added kidney six because that does uh, treat, does, it is indicated to treat that kind of issue, but it's also an extraordinary vessel point pair. And uh, we know kidney six connects to the yin chan vessel. And Jason, do you want to talk about kidney six a bit? Well, um, I mean, I guess the important thing again for listeners is to <laughs> just briefly mention Dr. Wong's location of this point where Instead of locating it, um, as it says in the textbook, a half a ton below the lower border of the medial malleolus, following that, that same line from the medial malleolus all the way down below the calcaneus there, where you have a notch. Now, I mean, I feel like it's almost a bony notch straight down. Dr. Wong would sometimes also say that you're feeling still like you're trying to get between two tendony feelings in there. Mm -hmm. And there is kind of a tendony uh, kind of crossing, usually a little posterior to straight below the medial malleolus, I noticed. So when I'm locating this point, I go as close as I can to straight below the medial malleolus, all the way down below, there's no more bone below the calcaneus, but of course, watching out for putting it into the pad of the foot. And then you needle kind of a slightly inferior oblique insertion. So you slide right along the lower border of the bone. Is that how you locate needle that point as well? I usually use a uh, one to one, although I guess you could use a one and a half mm -hmm. for this point. Yeah, he like doctor. Yeah, he'd like to locate locate the like kidney two and then like the highest point of like the medial malleolus and draw two lines. And when those two lines intersect, that kind of gives you a rough location where kidney six is located. Okay. Then, like it feels like it's like a pretty, uh, uh, I would say like, because some people they get confused when they locate that area and sometimes they locate a bit too. Higher up still, it might, may probably due to like the textbook location. But if you make those two intersecting lines and then you uh, like one from kidney two and then starting from kidney two, drawing a line backwards and a line from the medial malleolus and drawing downwards, and where those two and lines And it looks for kind of a yeah. bony notch a little bit. Uh, should, usually it feels more like a fleshy, I would say it feels more like a fleshy space. So it's like you try to feel more, 
like if you locate it too high high up closer to that bone then i think that mm -hmm. the sensation is different like when you locate more of that fleshy area like it feels mm -hmm. like like dr says between two tendons and he says okay. above his bone and below his flesh but i think that like fleshier space is the one that's more tender and you get good traveling sensations and there's a good empty space there yeah big empty space it should feel like a big empty space i think yeah. unless they have an issue there and it's like really tense and, or, or like there's like a lump or something in that area right so those okay so you don't want to talk seven, about do you want to talk about the functions of kinesics well i mean i'm just thinking about it in relation to this case and yeah. some of the things dr wong said about that point i mean as the yin chow command point you know we could go on a long digression probably here into the concepts mm -hmm. of the extraordinary vessels as right as the way Dr. Wong conceived of them. And I mean, I guess if we say it very simply, he thought of them as, as having this function of regulating the interrelationships of other channels with each other, so to speak. Mm. So that idea of them being reservoirs is kind of the, the, you know, the space in between the regular channels. So if channels aren't working together well, then we can conceive of this as an extraordinary vessel concept. And maybe that's what you're saying. You found changes on so many places on this patient that you just had to kind of come back to the main idea of how his injury happened and the location of his signs and symptoms. And then you're, I mean, I'm putting ideas in your head and this may not be how you were thinking about it, but sometimes we use the extraordinary vessels to kind of just step back and regulate in a broader sense than with the, yeah. with, with the channels themselves. Like we're just kind of regulating the ability of channels to work together. Mm -hmm. And then kidney six is the chow vessel idea. You know, you have this idea of the chow vessels sometimes translated as the heel vessel because of one of the symptoms in the Nanjing of this kind of uh, tension in the lateral leg in the case of a yang chow pattern and tension in the medial leg and a yin chow pattern. So this idea that they kind of, the heel is lifted and pulled up by those kind of spasmodic patterns on the lateral and medial legs. And so Dr. Wong started to think of the chow vessels then as kind of helping to harmonize multiple yang, uh, channel sinews with each other. So yang chow being kind of the yang channel sinews, the three yang channels kind of have to work together in the complicated movements of daily activity using the arms and legs and all that. And then the yin chow harmonizing the yin channel sinews with each other. And the yin channel sinews then kind of traveling more up the medial legs, but also even into the pelvic floor. So that's interesting in our thinking of the Ren and Du vessel idea. The yin channel sinews kind of representing the movement of the internal organs. So the, even the peristaltic process, which is this kind of involuntary muscle movement, we can think of the yin channel, the yin chow, kidney six then. Right. Dr. Wong would sometimes even think of this in the case of like certain types of chronic constipation in elderly patients because the, the muscles inside the body weren't working all together. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of harmonization of the, we could think of peristalsis of even up into the throat. So kidney six, the association of that point with the throat then also like, harmonizing the movement of the muscles of swallowing. So people yeah. get this plump pit fe feeling like you described. Yeah. You could say maybe a way to conceptualize that patient then was like the movement in his throat, the swallowing activity wasn't happening. Yeah. So that idea of kidney six as a throat point has a little bit of a muscular personality maybe. Yeah. Also, there's Dr. something I'm leaving yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty much it. But, and Dr. Warren also like to talk about like what can cause disruption to you know, kind of that region or like uh, the functions that kidney sex is related to regulating. Is that like, because he says that it regulates a lot of the internal, like the rhythmic movements of the internal organs. Um, that can be disrupted a lot of times by a lot of emotional issues, right? So emotional kind of issues that affect the autonomic nervous system, right? That would affect like these, the rhythmic movement of the internal organs. Uh, and he had a lot of those issues, right? Like he had like, um, like chest issues. He had like, uh, 
uh, like the throat thing. Um, mm -hmm. So this like using kidney six and have like an overall kind of relaxation or regulating effect on all these internal systems too. And he also, the other thing I was thinking about too is because he had the uh, poor sleep, right? He had problems with sleeping. So kidney six is also a very good point of kind of calming the mind, helping to communicate the heart and kidney. Um, so that, that was another, another reason why I added kidney six. Too. Yeah. So it's and a so that idea of he had the child vessels opening and closing the, yeah. opening and closing the eyes. Yeah. So, um, so that's what I did. I used those three points. Then there was then, one other point you mentioned. Right. So after using those uh, three points, like usually we leave the needles in for 20 minutes. I needle the patient uh, bilaterally too. And um, afterwards, like he, he stood up and then like usually at the end, like, cause he had that, um, uh, like the, the chest pain and things like that. So it's very common. Like what we like to do is just palpate the, the dew vessel too, just to see if there's anything, especially in the, like the chest region. And he had changes, like, especially like the do nine to do 11 area, we would, I would like Dr. One usually palpate that area. So I, I found changes that do nine. So I decided to use do nine um, to just kind of unblock the chest. And it, um, so I used it. And then like right after kneeling it, um, he, he said, uh, he kind of stood up from the bed. Like I pulled out the needle and like, we usually get traveling sensation, right? Like traveling down or to the sides. And he kind of stood up on and was uh, not stood up, but sat on the edge of the bed. And he looked like he was like, um like high or something like that because <laughs> he, he, he was just like whoa what is in this room like what, what did you this is coming to some kind of drug in this room or something i was like why what, what, what's going on he's like oh i feel like like it was pretty much he said he felt like he was high or something yeah and i said okay and then what do you feel like he's like i just feel like laughing and then he just started to to giggle and laugh <laughs> for like about um five minutes and just sitting on the edge of the bed and he, and then I think that was just like showed this kind of emotional release that happened. Uh, I think you, and you've mentioned interestingly, John, in your own experience that you've had a multiplicity of patients break out into spontaneous giggling after different acupuncture treatments. So yeah, a couple, yeah, a couple of patients, especially with uh, using the drain channel points, like, you know, like PC7 liver two or PC3 liver eight. I, yeah. A couple of patients had similar areas where there's a lot of emotional constraint and then it gets released. And then, uh, yeah, which makes, of course, makes us think of that, you know, that function of the pericardium as being the place from, you know, if you say the, the place from which joy emits, yes. you know, the idea yes. of the pericardium yeah. opening it up and then joy flows out, right? It was mm -hmm. like, and then of course, do nine kind of around the diaphragm. There's something else that's just a place where a lot of people hold muscular yeah. tension and stress within that area. So it like puts this flood up into the upper burner where you feel so much better. Right. And also it seems to have a very close, like that do nine area has a very close connection with, with like the pericardium or heart kind of systems too, right? So I think that also helps to release that whatever constraint they have in that, that area. And then, um, of course, the case goes on. But as you said, I think in treating this patient, and you've had other visits with him since, that the treatment kind of evolved towards kind of a joyine focus. Is that right? Or is that kind of right. your so, big picture? So the patient, like I would say, um, I think he came every... I think he came again, like maybe one to two weeks later and his symptoms, like you could see they were getting better. Like he, he felt much better. Um, so by then, like his, his main issue is that he had a little bit of like, um, still had a little bit of that tension in the chest. Um, and his, I think it's some sleep issues, but uh, like overall, like the, all those symptoms I mentioned earlier, he was feeling like the fear, the sorrow, like, uh, poor sleep, all those showed improvement, the pump and chi. So I just, yeah. I decided to just like, 
switch to the uh, drain channels because just based on palpation, a lot more significant changes on the drain. Like there's a lot of tightness in the, the pericardium channel, for example. Yeah, not necessarily nodules, right? It's just that tension throughout yeah. the entire forearm that you mm -hmm. feel on. Like, in, I guess you could say maybe in a TCM sense, that can be like a liver cheese stagnation kind of feeling in the mm -hmm. pericardium channel. Yeah, That's how I think of it. Is that how you sometimes think of that? Yeah, I think so, definitely. And then I, I use like PC7 liver two as a main cut points, but I still use kidney six. And do nine too. You kept right? kidney six in there long after you gave up long seven. Yeah, because I, I was still thinking about like, I think the main issue at that time is just like the poor sleep. He still had some poor sleep. And then, um, so I was thinking about just calming the mind, helping to uh, calm the mind, help with the sleep. Because actually Dr. Wong would sometimes use, use PC7, kidney six as a point pair for some cases of insomnia too. Um, so then maybe that begs the question a little bit, just say a few more words as to how you think of the mechanisms of kidney six as a, as a spirit calming point, right? So there's lots of points we could say that could quote calm the spirit, but like, what are the types of situations where that seems most appropriate in your mind? Yeah, that's a big question. So I guess- you know, I've been wondering this myself, so yeah. I'm sorry to throw you out on the table there because I mean, it, 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 this chow vessel idea makes us think of the movement of muscles and maybe you said in a way the autonomic nervous system. So you have yeah. blood flow, in the you know kind of parasympathetic state flowing to the organs right so the muscles can move but they don't have they don't have to have these kind of muscular symptoms for you to think of this point do they no not necessarily no um and not necessarily kidney either right right pattern right like usually when i think about like using kidney six um the way i i try to help uh when i encounter patients where they have like insomnia for example that like if, and if it's related to like the kidney channel, if the kidney channel is mainly involved, then there are like a lot of points we can use, right? Like, uh, but common ones would be like kidney seven, kidney three and kidney six. Yes. Um, yeah. So usually what I like to do is first uh, to think about, do I use kidney three or do I use kidney seven or do I use kidney six? So that exactly. once I exclude <laughs> like uh, two of them, then that will help. So usually I think about like, if it's just, we'll just imagine it's just like a showing kind of insomnia case. Uh, yeah. But that's the issue then usually I use like would use kidney three more cases of there are more signs of like kidney deficiency, right? Like chi deficiency or yang deficiency. So they might have more signs of like cold. Um, they probably have uh, insomnia too. Um, and those cases more like fatigue. Uh, and more signs right. of deficiency, right? Like the pulse might be better yeah. and like the tongue might be look more like more pale. Uh, in those cases, I would consider using kidney three. Dr. Wong, because he used it more as in the sense that kidney three is a source point and it tonifies yang, it tonifies chi, kidney yang, and right. it tonifies chi. And kidney seven, we see, it's Dr. Wong says it's more related to nourishing kidney yin. So if they have more signs of like yin deficiency, like strong yin deficiency, like they have like night sweats, um, they have like sweating, you know, in the palms and hands and possibly the chest, um, like thirst at night, excessive thirst at night. Uh, like like before they go to bed, they have a cup beside them and they need to drink some water. Uh, those kinds of patients I would consider, oh, I'll just use kidney seven, like a really strong like eating deficiency, I would use kidney seven. Right. If it's something in between where it's not too much deficiency all the time, like not too much yang deficiency or eating deficiency, eating deficiency um, but maybe it's due to like some, like we were saying earlier, like this patient, like some kind of emotional constraint or um, that's causing some kind of disharmony in the body. And then sometimes I would consider using kidney six instead. Like it's not a clear yang deficiency or yin deficiency, even though kidney six can nourish yin. Um, I would consider using this, this point, kidney six. 
like yeah, where almost. they have like it could also be like maybe their we say the rhythms in their body are disrupted like maybe they have um like due to the nature of their work maybe they do a lot of night shifts or something like that like anything something is disrupted like the normal rhythms which is probably affecting the um, like their lifestyle rhythms are affecting their internal rhythms of their body so sometimes considering use like kidney six like people do night shifts right? sometimes that, that might pop into my mind but usually they have to like i think about the symptoms right so like nothing not a clear young kidney young deficiency not a clear kidney deficiency um and that's what i mean i guess maybe not always like a pure kidney pattern you're almost again using it in this idea of an extraordinary vessel concept to regulate so I don't know. I don't want to lean into the word excess per se, but constraint is probably a good way to say it almost. But there's, it, it might have elements of excess almost. So then, of course, you combine it with other points creatively. Yeah, I would definitely consider that definitely because, like, I think when Dr. Ryan used it, sometimes, like, I remember just recently there was one case. No, sorry, sorry, it was like 2014. It wasn't that recent, but there's this one case where a patient had a, um, like signs of like like excess. Uh, and poor sleep, like insomnia, lightheadedness. And this is Dr. Wong's case. And the case, the patient had like um, poor sleep, like dizziness, like numbness in the tongue. Um, mm-hmm. And the, I thought that Dr. Wong would use like the PC channel, pericard adrenaline channel to treat this. Like it seemed like he liked irritability and like fire, like, you know, that um, what's it called the mysterial fire rising upwards or liver huh? fire rising upwards. And um, so I thought Dr. Wong was going to use PC7 liver too which he typically would use. But then based on palpation, he had no pericardium or liver channel changes. So he just found changes more on the uh, Shaoyin channels. And then he, he actually used heart five and kidney six to treat that insomnia, that issue. So it was more of an excess pattern. So he used right. this to like, so I think he said like, in the, like you know, heart five, kidney six is communicates to heart and kidney. It, can, it does have a good effect of calming the mind. And kind of opening the nooks and crannies, opening the yeah. law of the mind, opening yeah. the brain. And dispersing any stagnation, point, right? That any stagnation yeah. in that's kind of blocking these um, uh, the clouds of the heart, right? Like, yeah. So that may be a way to kind of different. It's great differentiation of those three points, and then this idea of kidney six as a spirit calming point. Uh, again, like every point, it has to be a spirit calming point in the right situation. <laughs> right, right, so, right, right. <laughs> that was yeah. That was a your situation. Obviously, by the results you got, turned out that you were right in that case. I think like also um, sometimes Dr. Warren sometimes com- combine like kidney six with the other kidney channel points. So sometimes he'd use kidney three and kidney six or kidney six with kidney seven. He would do that sometimes mm-hmm. too. To kind of open, somehow regulate the, the yin chow idea with the right. pure kidney function too. Right. Like kidney six is more of a regulatory effect. Whereas like you add kidney three, which is more tonifying kidney chi, or if you use kidney seven instead, it nourishes kidney yin instead. So one last thing maybe to say before we wind down, I know you have to get your day going and, uh, and you know, also try to keep these podcasts to a reasonable length so as not to <laughs> overindulge people's time. But one last thing we can't leave without saying, going back to Lung 7 for just a minute, because you're talking about regulating things that are dysrhythmic. And I guess we also want readers or listeners here to remember this idea of the lung is setting the rhythms of the body, which we've talked to in other podcasts as mm-hmm. well. And, and this idea of lung seven is the command point of the Ren vessel. And we can't kind of get away from the idea of it as a law point opening kind of circulation into the throat. 
and maybe some relationship to the thyroid that we've talked about with lung seven over time, but somehow the, 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 you know, setting the major rhythms, the thermostats in the body, the rhythms of the hormonal systems in the body, lung seven idea also is about rhythm. And so that's maybe one way to get back your brain into combining the original extraordinary vessel pair of lung seven, kidney six, then you're kind of doubling down on this like disharmony of rhythm concept. That's definitely. Yeah. Well, all right. That was just one point I wanted to say. <laughs> Sorry, you don't need that. to say anything further. I want to throw that out. Sorry about that. I was listening to it. I was thinking about what you were saying. Uh -oh. Right. And then I just threw it at you and didn't give you a chance to think. Sorry. All right. Well, um, so it's great to see you again. Great to talk again. Great to get these podcasts rolling again after some months off. Uh, John gets dramatic credit for uh, making sure that we all keep this flame alive here on our dialogues with or on applied channel theory. So thank you, John, for that. Uh, have a wonderful winter solstice there in Beijing. I'm on the other side of the Pacific here in Seattle. It's a dark day with some snow, actually. Okay. So it's very appropriate, very yin day here. Yeah, our winter solstice was yesterday. So we're, we're over it. We had our dumplings. All right, you're over it. I'm in it. <laughs> I'm on the other side still. All right, so we got to have our, we'll have our dumplings tonight. Thanks for reminding me of that. All right. Well, have a great day, John. And uh, I will talk to you hopefully sooner than later. And uh, yes, all yes, you yes. listeners, keep, hey, keep sending in ideas. We may not use all your ideas about other things to talk about, but we love hearing from people who are listening, or John does, because he's the one doing it. So thanks, John, for that, too. Yeah, we, I, there are a lot of questions that people have posted some questions in Facebook or I think Instagram. So we'll, we will be try to answer some of those questions in a future podcast. Some of the questions. All right. Okay. Well, thanks and have a good day. All right. Yeah, bye, everyone. Have a good day. Bye.